Welcome back to the latest episode of the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. Uh, you're with Wilfred. Joining me as always, I've got Guy here. How you going, mate? Yeah, mate, bit of a down week for me, but um, looking forward to bouncing back. Yeah, so you say down week. Obviously, we, we you know round one is in the history books now. How did you go, mate? I went pretty bad. I only scored 881, which is good enough for like... 46,000 or something like that. You're still in the top half. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And, uh, yeah, I did all right. I scored 995, which I think is my second best ever round one score. Uh, I think I've only been over 1,000 just once. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's good enough. Um, so I'm just outside the top 10,000, uh, which is, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a decent enough start, I feel. So looking forward to, uh, you know, obviously making moves from here. People down the back end with me shouldn't uh, give up too much. I, um, I I did some sums and it's, yeah, 18 points a week you have to make up. And when it's this early, it's it doesn't really matter. So keep poking at it and you'll all be right. Yeah, 18 points a week is nothing. Bad captain cause and HIAs, there's like heaps to go and then, you read on the net about some of the trades and uh, I'm pretty confident I won't be in the back half if some people put those trades through. Yeah, well, hopefully for those people's sake, um, they'll they'll be listening to us and at least some of the other content out there. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. look, what, what uh, obviously, you know, we both had good enough starts, I suppose, but what were the calls you got right from the preseason? And let's let's also take a look at, you know, the calls that we got wrong. Okay, well, I'd like to point out early that um, a few of my Champions Choice articles came out all right. Um, Aiden for Blake, thanks very much. I um, won't go on about that too much anyway. Um, the cause I got right was actually playing um, Keegan from New Zealand, scored 87. I was pretty happy with that choice. Um, happy I started with Munster on 105. It was a toss-up between him and Cody Walker. But then um, maybe my third one was Jacob Host, and I only stumbled over that because Brazil busted a nut. So maybe that that's probably better luck than management. My bad ones, not that they're bad. It's hard to tell early in the rain, but I copped a lot of... Um, Poorer scores along with other people, Marty Tapao, um, Johnson, Ponga, Tedesco. But I'm pretty confident they'll back up. And that the call on Crichton, which I'll um, talk a bit more a bit later. Yeah, that, that obviously the call on Crichton, as you said, high risk, high reward. Or in this case, not so high reward for now. But uh, look, it's not a one-week decision. So, yeah, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts later. Yeah. So I... I you know, obviously, I had the better round of us too, and I got a couple of good calls right. So, obviously, Jake Friend is my reserve hooker. He went off with, uh, you know, almost a ton. He, he wasn't a ton, got downgraded to 95, so I was pretty stoked about that. Uh, I was pretty happy with um, backing John Bateman. Uh, I was pretty high on him all through the preseason, and I was, you know, I had him locked into my center wing from, from day dot, so I was pretty happy that he came through for me there. Also, with Michael Morgan as well, backed him to do well, and even though he got downgraded in the end, uh, 72 still not a bad start. And a couple of my, I guess, uh, gutsier calls of Nathaniel Roach in my centre wing, 
56 from from him uh, went all right, considering it it meant I didn't have to play the likes of, you know, Sivo or Simonson or Ravalava or or any of those guys. Auckland Burr as well, I think that's a... you know, I think that I think you had Burr as well. I think that was a pretty good call from both of us to to give him that run in round one. Yeah, I um had Burr as well, but I, I think that rage call is pretty good for him. It makes it look even better now. He's holding Isaac Luke out at the moment, anyway. Yeah, well, look, I, I really hope he does play because I was counting on him to play rounds one and two uh, as a starter, and and come round three, I was I was thinking I'd have enough, I guess, you know, a bit of data about these um, rookie center wings and. You know, I could obviously make some changes. So if Roach is no longer starting round three, I could swap him out to someone like, uh, you know, Brandon Burns if he's keeping up those base stats or, you know, a couple of other center wing pods I've got my eye on. So, you know, interesting times next two weeks. Yeah. Um, obviously, in terms of bad calls I made, look, I copped Ponga, I copped Teddy, I copped the lower score from Cook. Probably the worst call of all is probably Nathan Brown. Hello, darkness, my old uh, knowing his, you know, he does have a bit of an injury history, I was hopeful that he was over it. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Now I've got to deal with him uh, as one of my issues for this round. So, yeah, overall, not too bad. Uh, I felt like yeah, I had definitely had more things go right for me than wrong for round one. Yeah, and like, like we said, you're not alone in the boat for a lot of them. A lot of people have those same players have Brown. So, um, yeah. Mate, I wouldn't be stressing too much. No, not at all. All right, so look, let's uh, turn our attention to the team list. So um, we're not going to obviously go through them all. I think, you know, just like we said in the preseason, there's other podcasts who who do all of that in great detail, and that's not really, you know, we're, we're not really here for that. Um, but look, let's, you know, do you have a couple of takeaways from the team list, the things that jumped out to you that you're really keen to see how it plays out? The main one for me is probably um, TPJ in the front row. If his uh, Hemi's hold up and he gets the minutes, oh, he could be up there with Marty and Fafita as three of the best front rows in Supercoach. I also like that Brisbane have moved David Fafita in front of Sua. He's got the most promise out of them all, and I know he's, he has his defensive lapses in... Um, in the actual game, but um, for the Broncos moving forward, I think they just have to put their um, put their best young players in their spots and just let them develop. And like again, like super coach beast if he gets enough minutes there. So um, yeah, they're the ones that jumped out at me the most. And again, I don't know what he's doing, but Crichton named on the bench again, and people. <laughs> Oh, people are saying it's because he's he's not fully healed from his shoulder, which I think's not right. If if his shoulder wasn't healthy, like why would you even risk twenty minutes of him bashing it for when you're paying him seven hundred and fifty k plus or whatever he's on? Oh, so I just don't understand that. And he's a better player than Orbo, so yeah, Orbe scored a try, but I could have waddled my ass through that hole that he ran through, so I, I don't think it was that impressive. Yeah, that was clearly just, uh, it was all cronk, and, and as you said, you know, all he had to do was stroll over the line, so yeah, look, it's definitely a big question mark. I mean, what if Orbe had gone down, you know, in the in the fifth minute concussion? Does he throw Angus on? That's I guess that's the question, you know? Like, if he's not fit, his shoulder's not right, then why is he on the bench? So, look, I agree with you. So, hopefully, it's just a, 
a game fitness thing, uh, and I guess we'll talk more about him later anyway. I think for me, the main takeaways, I mean, yeah, I obviously noticed those uh, things for the Broncos there as well. Seeing Gillette as uh, the the lock again, um, look, it's great for Supercoach, to be honest, because, yeah, he's going to get through a ton of work. Um, I, I, I've called him Sean Fenson 2.0 a few times, but now Fenson's actually on the bench. It doesn't work as well. But the fact is he had zero impact in the middle. He he made like eight runs in, in 70 minutes of gameplay, and, and he didn't even make it over like 50 meters or something like that, something quite disappointing. So the Broncos got smashed up the middle. They weren't making meters, and as good as Lodge and Joe, uh, Joe Offerhengawi were, they, I thought they were solid, not amazing, but just no support from Gillette as the lock. So that's not going to work long-term, and I just don't know how long Seabold's going to persist with it. Uh, but anyway, enough Broncos ranting. I guess the other thing I, I, that really stood out to me was um, obviously, yeah, you, you raised it before, Nathaniel Roach starting hooker and Lachlan Burr starting lock. Um, but obviously with um, Isaiah Papali sitting in the 17 and uh, Isaac Luke on the extended bench. So, so certainly for me, uh, I've got to have some plans there about how I'm going to approach that with my team because, yeah, it, what happens if Luke's a late inclusion, say, come... You know, what if he's still in the 19-man squad for for the, um, you know, after they cut the team list down? You know, there's the things that I've got to look at there. So, yeah, those are probably the main takeaways for myself. That doesn't help you with the Warriors being the last game either. Like, it, it's um, a tough call you have to make if they stay in the 19-man squad. Yeah, definitely. So I'm definitely going to have to, you know, look closely at uh, all the late mail. So, um, you know. Shout-outs to all the late male guys, especially uh, everyone's favourite Wacker's Whispers. I'm sure you guys know all about him, so if not, make sure you do stay in touch and unfollow him. All right, so I'm just going to take a moment here to do a bit of a shout-out. So, um, you know, I butchered this poor guy's uh, Twitter handle two weeks ago, but I've got to give a shout-out to Jono What I'm Saying, or Jono What I'm Saying, uh, for, for scoring a massive 1,137 in Week 1. And right now he is the number one uh, super coach in our, um, you know, obviously our, our our champions group. So he's coming 172nd overall, which is a great start. So uh, and it's a solid start from the group with uh, over 50 of us scoring over a thousand. So look, if you're uh, listening to us and you're not in the group, uh, please join so we can keep tabs on everybody. The group code. So this is not the league code; it's a group code. It's 948196. So we'd love to have you guys join us. See the group do well. All right, so let's uh, move on to have a chat about trades. Uh, look, firstly, you know, who are we targeting this week? You know, who are you thinking that you're going to trade in? I'm looking at Braden Burns, which is someone I did say I was going to start with, but went in a different direction, and that was probably another one of my bad calls. His base stats for the centre are good. Souths have got a good run in the next four or five weeks. Bennett has said he's identified him as a left centre and thinks that he'd shine there. So that gives you a little bit of assurance that he might stay there. In saying that, though, if something goes wrong one week, they could flick Inglis back across or he might be pushed to the wing, which is would be a disaster. But if that happens, he'd be a quick cash grab and just bump him off to like a Salmon if Salmon gets into the Eels team. So at the moment, I'm eyeing him. I'm also looking at 
um, Bateman. I didn't start with him. So I think he'd be a, a keeper in your centre wing. You could pair him and Nakora as two set-and-forget guys in your centre wing and then grab two more uh, blokes with high upside. And that'd be your centre wing set. And finally, probably Ryan Madison. He had um, a decent game and... I think he should be around that 60 points a game mark pretty easy. Um, he's been discussed in our super coach group a fair bit and on a few other threads I've seen. So he's already pretty well owned. So for the guys who got him in early, nice core. Um, they're the three guys I'm currently looking at. Great. And so, I mean, for me, obviously, uh, I've got to replace Nathan Brown. He's my number one priority. And, yeah, obviously, I'm looking at guys like Sean Lane. I'm looking at, yeah, Ryan Madison as well. I'm also looking at the likes of, uh, you know, my favourite, <laughs> Pangai Jr. But, yeah, there all, all of these guys I haven't quite decided on. I think uh, this is going to be a, like, a decision I make after checking out the late mail. Having said that, look, there's a there's a question here that came from uh, at Rodney Gibson Seven, which I think is really great and, and worth discussing a bit more. So, what are your priorities trading for week three? So, for example, is it cash loss, like uh, dealing with someone like Angus Crichton, or are you looking at specific players to bring in, for example, the likes of you know Luke Garner or or John Bateman? Okay, so generally, when I pl- when I trade early it's to make it's to make cash so if I had a struggling rookie I'd probably and none of my guns were looked like they were going absolutely terrible I'd trade a rookie for a rookie just to make sure I was going to get their cash rises um, if I have a struggling gun it's hard to do it in the first round but um, I, I would drop them to the best um, mid-range player or semi-gun player who looks like they're going to shoot up the board as well. I've already pointed out how that makes, um, how that's how I focus on the game to make money. Now, I've got the dilemma of Angus Crichton, like a lot of people, and it's pretty much coming down to me as a um, go the safe option or go the pot option. So I am able to trade Crichton to... Ryan Madison early and then get get rid of the um, Allen or the Canberra rookie Simonson for Bateman early. Um, and that would probably be the sensible play, but I've I've got I've just got a gut feeling that um Crichton I I just looking through the setup of teams and a lot of how a lot of teams are set up with the three gun second rowers Murray and your two lower price players. If if you don't have cash in the bank, I, I don't see how you can get them in. You won't want to cut any cows early because that you're just wasting cash there. So, well, it'd be cutting it out. You'd make cash on the Crichton downgrade, but you're cutting your leg trading a rookie out too early. So I'd see people having to probably trade like a mid or two mids to have the cash to get him, especially if he somehow plays more minutes this week. So I'm actually going to bring in Burns, I think. And then I will wait to see if he's named on the bench. If he's named on the bench, I'll I'll play it half sensibly and I'll probably get Madison. And then that way next week I can have a look if Ponga or 
um, SJ or Marty or Tedesco struggle, I could think about downgrading them and bringing in Bateman, which I think might be all right. If Canberra tried it, I think Bateman, he'll, we discussed this, he'll still get his 50, but it, it, I think he's going to struggle a bit more against Melbourne. If they run up the middle, you've got to try and spread the ball against them. So I don't think you'll see as much ball this week. So I'll put him over to next week. So that's just my thinking with Crichton. And I, I really don't want to... I've laid myself on the line, so I don't, I don't want to back off too early. So I'll at least give it to game time to see how it goes. Yeah, I guess, obviously speaking as a non-owner, it's a lot easier. I could say that I, I think, you know, you really should give him one more week. Uh, even if he does start on the bench, uh, obviously it hurts when he scores you 19 off the bench, but surely he's going to get better, right? Uh, you know, you'd, hopeful, you'd be hopeful that he's going to play at least 50 minutes this week as opposed to just 19. And, you know, if that's the rate of improvement, then maybe by next week he's starting and playing 80 minutes. Uh, all I just think is I reckon that if you trade him out this week and he's named to start next week, you're just going to be spewing. Yeah, you you might be right too. But, again, in saying that, um, not if, if I had Bateman already, then I might have been more inclined to do that. But um, it's a, if it's a way to get Bateman in early or... Because the other way, uh, I'd have to downgrade another gun somewhere. And then if Ponga and SJ have a big game again, I can't get rid of them. I've got Marty there if he fails, maybe him. But, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That's a fair point. I think it's a fair point. You've got, because you've obviously, as you you said, you've got the other guys to worry about. And if they flop again, then there's going to be a sizable cash drop. Sure. Ultimately, if you don't trade them out again, you know, you don't lose any cash, but obviously a couple of low scores in a row, maybe you do have some genuine concerns about whether they're going to be relevant. And if that's the case, then yeah, sure, maybe you've got to cut your losses on anger so you don't have to deal with uh, his cash loss as well as dealing with potentially the likes of SJ or Ponga or whatever going down drastically as yeah, well. Exactly. So oh, it's giving me a headache. I probably won't even know what to do come kickoff time. So. We'll have to see. I might tweet out my decision before. <laughs> the joys of Supercoach, right? Oh, oh, mate. <laughs> and like you said, I've got, oh, I've got a lot happening this year, so yeah. more stress, great. <laughs> I think for me, I mean, I, I definitely, as you say, I'm always a big uh, proponent of using all four trades in your first two weeks to get your team set up uh, because it's important. You know, you need to have it pumping out points while also generating cash. So, I mean, I think every year we're always going to end up going with inevitably at least two to four, sometimes five or even six mid-rangers in our team somewhere. And the, the idea is, you know, you've got four weeks to, to fix the mid-rangers that are flopping uh, and obviously, you know, get the cash cows who are going to make you cash. The thing I'm struggling with this year is I find that, sure, there's plenty of the obvious cash cows who are going to make bulk coin like your... Adam Kieran's and your Dylan Browns and, and, you know, those kind of guys. But at the same time, there's a lot of questionable cheapies like, you know, Jacob Host, Lachlan Burr, uh, all these guys you kind of think, you know, sure, it'd be good to get them in, but I'm not actually that convinced by any of them, to be honest. And, you know, at the same time, like, for for me, like, all of my mid-rangers have pretty much gone well, like, 
I'm not going to ditch Michael Morgan. I'm not going to ditch John Bateman. I'm not going to ditch Jake Friend. Like the only questionable guy I've got right now is um, it's basically just Joe Offerhengawi, and he scored me 61. So I'm like, I don't know why I'm complaining, you know. So I've been pretty lucky, and it's like that's why I'm kind of thinking, well, what do I do? The the biggest question marks in my team are really the guys I knew I would set up myself to have to trade out come round three, like the Nathaniel Roach type guys. So. Yeah, I think, you know, if you've got all the, the gun cheapies in and all your guns, you know, your actual keepers are performing pretty well, maybe you don't have to spend all the trades. Like, maybe you just you actually got your round one team pretty yeah. much correct. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's... You're definitely right there. It's a tough one. If, you, if you've if got your round one team correct, there's no need to trade off. But, I don't know, I just... This, just this year seems a lot... Different to last year, I had most of my guns firing earlier. There might have been one or two that were obvious downgrades for me to make the cash. But, yeah, like you said, even if you downgrade a gun next week, if he's going to four, you've got a host of those mid-range guys that even they have question marks over them, like ongoing ones. Like, sure, they've taken off all right, but the Bronco, that Broncos pack, how are you going to tell who's where, like, Stag, um, Katoni Stags even he he got extra time because of the injury to Reynolds. But if Reynolds are ah, not Roberts, Reynolds, Roberts, Roberts. <laughs> if and if Roberts goes off, doesn't go off injured, where does he get his minutes from? Like, just so many questions over a lot of those guys. So yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's an interesting start to the year. Yeah, it it feels really different this year. I don't know if that's the case every year. Like. I haven't felt this uncertain for some time, uh, and that's that's weird, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That's all right. But having said that, you know, uh, you know, you meant you alluded to it before. You're talking about some of the trades you're seeing on these supercoach groups online, or, or Facebook, or on Twitter and stuff. It's just, I mean, some some genuinely crazy decisions out there. I mean, let's let's have a talk about that. I guess looking at you know strategy, so. Um, I think the the number one thing we want people to remember is to not panic. Uh, it's round one, as you said, you've scored you know pretty pretty poorly uh, by your standards in round one, and you're not you're not panicking. No. Like, I think I've had my best round one for some time, and, and I'm feeling quietly confident. But every other year, I've scored generally like eight eighty to. 930, 950, I think, yeah, like pretty much every year I've always been around that 880 to 970 bracket. Uh, and, and that included my 2016 year. Like I was 25,000 after round one that year. Yeah, and I, I was like nearly the same. I was like 16,000 last year. So, it's, so it's, round one's nothing, right? It's, you know, as you said, you calculated, you're like 18 points uh, per round behind, uh, you know, the first place. So that's, what, 400 points or so? Yeah, 300 points, yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, that's one thing we want to remind everyone of. Like, you've spent the preseason planning. You've looked at all these guns. You, you eventually put them in your team and you started with them for a reason. So is there anything that happened on the field round one that made you suddenly change your mind? I'd highly doubt that that would be the case. Uh, I mean, unless you're hearing something off-field that you're thinking, well, this is something I don't want any part of, uh, and you trade out a player for that reason, then that's a different story. But you know, based on what you saw on the field, like I've seen people panicking because Marty Tapal only got 46 minutes or something like that. 
I mean, he's he had 45 or less minutes six times last year, and he still averaged you know second highest of all the front row forward options. So, you know, those kind of trades, um, ditching Marty to Powell is just insanity to me. I mean, if you watch him for another week and he doesn't make a single offload, then you kind of think, well, maybe something's wrong. Uh, maybe he's been told to tough the offload away, which again, who knows what Des House is going to do, but. People trading out to Powell, people trading out Jairo just because he got 54 minutes or something instead of just insanity. (laughs) And Arrow's not going to play. He he ended up getting less minutes than um, Bryce Cartwright, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Hey, Ryan Jan's got less minutes than Bryce Cartwright. And that's that's not going to happen everywhere. Look, if I was the the coach, probably actually did something pretty good there. If um. Like, in that rain, behind by that many points, I probably would rather risk an injury to Bryce Cartwright than those other two as well. Uh, fair call. Anyone who was up me about Bryce Cartwright, that bloke is terrible for super coach. That was something I got right. I warned you about Bryce Cartwright. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's move on, because otherwise I'm going to probably say something I'm going to regret about Bryce Cartwright. <laughs> So, look, I mean, we kind of touched on this briefly before, but, I mean, what what is ultimately your focus in the coming weeks? I mean, you talked about setting up your team for, in terms of your trades, uh, setting up for cash generations. What is, like, from rounds two to, say, six, seven, eight, like, do you have a particular strategy in mind, things that you're going to focus on in that time? or? Well, I think my strategy in this year has changed a little bit from last year. Maybe it's because I I got off to a bit of a slower start. Mate, like I just said, I'm not panicking. But um, I think I might even look to try and get my... I've, I've got a list of a final 17 that I want or final 19 that I'd like to have. And I think I've, I might even make trades to try and get them. So I saw people trading out Capewell. And uh, I think that's just insanity, a second rower. The 48, sure, he wasn't, he wasn't Nakora, but... That that's decent enough, and he's going to go up in price. So why would you trade him out when you could have another look at maybe Braden Burns get them in, and as soon as they're at their peak, flip them for say Latrell. Then you've just got a keeper in your centre wing straight away, or Masters if he because he won't play Origin or whatever. So I think I might even just look at guys who, who might make me quick cash and get to my final seventeen straight away. Yeah, I think that's what I'm. That's what I'm currently thinking at the moment. Okay. I think, um, I guess for me, like, I've got a slightly different start because I've got a couple more points than you do. And my team's, you know, I don't have as as many dramas aside from really Nathan Brown to deal with. So I think for me, it's just more about consolidation. I think my team's fairly, probably 80% template. There's a couple of players in there that I don't have, like, you know, your Tom Malolos or, or your Latrells and guys like that who are high ownership that aren't on in my team. But, uh, I mean, I, th- I think I'm pretty comfortable with the, the pods I've got over them, uh, like, you know, Jake Friend and things like that. So I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with the way my team's set up. I, I think I'm just going to, you know, focus on getting my, my cheapies right on and, and obviously playing it playing with a straight bat. So going for a, a not-so-pod-heavy approach like I did last year, and I'm going to see how I can, um, you know, slowly move my way up the rankings and then back myself over the you know, the middle of the season to, to make some moves once we get a bit more data about this season and, and have a bit more of an idea how which teams are going to go well, which teams are going to struggle, 
and obviously as you you know your strategy is to target teams so players from teams that are obviously winning and scoring lots of points so i think that's a you know we'll we'll have to see you know give the nrl season a couple of weeks for that to play out for us to really know where that's going to come from so i think that's how i'm going to play it in the meantime so you know slow and steady um but as they say slow and steady wins the race so no no um crazy trades for me at this point of the season yeah fair call um i'll just uh, on that your because he's your backup hooker i just want to see if you have a strategy or any um planning in place for friend like so just say um crichton maybe starts round three or whatever and i don't i don't see him playing under 70 minutes like him or Cordner, I don't think will play under 70 minutes and Friend will have to get minutes from somewhere. Um, I can't see Jake Friend making 53 tackles over 25 rounds or he'll be busted by the time um, the back end of the season rolls around. And I think he might take some minutes off Friend there. But um, what's your thoughts and, like, would you, do you have a future plan in place for if that happens or...? Yeah, look, it's certainly a, a, an issue. Um, I think for me, I'm just going to ride the uh, cash rises as they go. Um, I think he's going to, you know, keep yeah, as Crichton builds into it. Um, I think he's going to keep playing eighty in the meantime, and it's only afterwards where I mean, you know, I'm hopeful that by that time, you know, there'll be a couple of rounds where Friend might only play sixty or sixty-five or whatever, and you know, if that's the case, then. Yeah, I'll um, maybe I won't put him as a fourth reserve or whatever in in the meantime. But I'll still, you know, there'll still be some cash rises slowly coming up. And then when he hits his peak, I guess it'll just depend. Like I mean, for example, if I've got, um, you know, if I'd held on to Nathaniel Roach, I could use him to swap him out and then trade friend at max price to a center wing gun or or, or whatever. Uh, I think that's one option I've got. If not, I mean, it just depends when it is. I mean, one option I could really do is um, come. You know, let's say friend peaks at round ten. I'd be really tempted to make me take a punt on downgrading him to, like your Billy Britton. Um, you know, Damien Cook's back up. Then I've got Cook and Britton at the top there, and I would have, you know, hopefully like you know, four fifty, five hundred grand in the kitty to, to strengthen my team elsewhere. So, I think that's how I'm going to approach it. It's just going to have to, you know, just see how it plays out. So, you know, I've got these rough plans in my head, but. It's a problem for another day for me, ultimately. Uh, but I'll obviously keep an eye on his minutes and then obviously how he's playing. But you know, he looked really good. And he, he looked like he was handling the 80 minutes easily like he has in the past. So I certainly can't... Um, I'm not going to panic yet at this point in time. Yeah, so um, just on that... So it's good to have... If you have someone like him or even a um, Maddo who will peak eventually, it's good to have just a few plans in place, I think, to decide what you're going to do at the time. And obviously it's um, fluid and it can change, but um, you don't want to get caught the week of stress and not knowing what you're going to do. So for most of your players, I think it's a good strategy to have a plan in place for w- what you see with them and how how they're going to help you get to your final team. I, th- I think if you don't have a final team in mind now, like an 18 or 19 guys that, you want to back or maybe the occasional bloke who will just pop up out of nowhere that you have to add in. I'd, I'd at least have that those guys in mind I want to finish with and plan on how I can move my way to get 
to them. Yeah, I mean, it could help just to even like have a template of the team. You know, you've got your hooker, you get two front row forwards, just those positions, kind of like writing names down or, you know, jotting names down into those positions as you see them looking like genuine keepers. So, I mean, I've already written John Bateman's down, uh, name down in that in the center wing section. Like, I can't see any way he's not a top five option by the end of the season at this point yeah. in time. So, he's locked in. I've got Jake Trevojevic obviously locked in for second row. I think that's a good way to do it if you don't want to just commit to a set of actual, you know, 18, 19 names. Yeah. So, yeah, certainly um, just having that future planning. I mean, always have, you know, not just this week's trades in mind, but have a look forward that, you know, what are the couple of things I want to do in the, in the next two or three weeks? And just don't be too overly committed to them. Just be flexible and willing to understand that, you know, this is where you're going to want to head. But, you know, as we all know, a lot happens each week in rugby league. And all it takes is one little twitch and, and something will change in your plans. Just be flexible on that and be able to roll with the punches too. Yeah, one little twitch in the ACL or something. Please don't say any ACL <laughs> things. I just don't want another play going down for my team. <laughs> I've really lost Nathan Brown. <laughs> right, eh? All right, so we're going to wrap it up shortly. Um, as, as we've mentioned earlier, we want to keep this around the 30, 40-minute mark and not to go on too long. So... Just finish up, just want to do a quick plug. So for those of you who might have seen, uh, we tweeted this out uh, uh, last week or so, but we've started up a Patreon page uh, where obviously we are guiding ourselves. We're creating Supercoach podcasts, uh, which you're listening to. Um, but we've also wanted to create more stuff. We want to get into, uh, you know, more regular writing as well as, uh, you know, making ourselves available. So uh, plenty of you have hit us up on social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, where you've yeah, asked questions and we've tried to help out, but the reality is we just have a limited amount of time during the day. So we wanted to give some of you an opportunity that if you did want you know, our assistance, you value what we are providing, you value what we've got to offer, uh, then this is what our Patreon's for. So uh, anyone who signs up becomes a champ. Uh, we know that's a, usually a bit of a negative thing, but uh, we want to make it a bit of a positive thing. So uh, any, any of the champs get access to a special Discord server, they receive um, you know, certain uh, articles that we uh, issue for champs only, and uh, eventually when, when we get some more people on board, we're looking to start up a second episode each week of our podcast. So, look, we've got some exciting plans uh, on the way, but obviously, um, you know, some of these things means, um, you know, we, we do need a bit of support behind it. So, yeah, uh, we'll tweet out a link again. Uh, we'd love to have you at least read about what um, opportunity we've got there and, yeah. Let us know if that's something you're into. into. Um, and, and, yeah, we'd love to get more support behind us. But uh, follow us on Twitter at NRLSC underscore champions, or you can follow Guy directly. So, Guy, you're at, at GFeeny10, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and obviously myself at CatfishSC. Uh, so, yeah, hit us up for questions and things like that. We'll always try to get to them where we can. Um, so yeah, look, everyone, good luck for round two, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a good one.